0: all right we are live welcome back to subject to change everyone today is tuesday january 26th in 2021 2021 it still sounds crazy to say that we're finally out of 2020 um and yeah in my one week absence we have a new president um president biden has a nice ring to it and um I think a lot of people can definitely agree that, I don't know, the world just feels a little lighter. It's hard to be as light as it could be right now, but, you know, you'll take what you can get. Things feel, there's at least a little bit of optimism in the air. Um, But with that said, I have an interesting show concept today of basically going through my favorite types of rock music. Um, but progressively getting harder as we go through the playlist. So let me explain. So when I think about my appreciation for rock music, I think rock still probably makes up probably like 40% of what I listen to. The other 60% is probably dominated by hip hop, but rock was probably the foundation of much of my music listening experience. Um, And with that, there's lots of different types of rock. And I've always kind of thought in my head and framed it in this way that my spectrum of what type of rock I like is kind of from Fountains of Wayne on the lighter end to Dinosaur Jr. on the harder end. So what we're going to do today, I pick 10 songs that kind of fit along that spectrum, and we're going to progress through it. So like I said, we're going to start with Fountains of Wayne and work our way all the way to Dinosaur Jr. So kind of just show you the spectrum of rock that I kind of exist within and I have a fond appreciation for. With that said, we are going to start with Hey Julie by Fountains of Wayne. Now, Fountains of Wayne is a New York and New Jersey rock band who was most prominently active from the 90s to the 2000s. Um, If you don't know them by name, you most certainly know them by their hit single, Stacy's Mom. Um, which came off of their project, Welcome Interstate Managers, which Hey Julie is also a song off of. Um, Fountains of Wayne was founded by two Williams College uh, graduates. One was Adam Schlesinger, and the other was Chris Collingwood. And unfortunately, very tragically, early in the pandemic, Adam Schlesinger actually passed away of covid Um, So I remember everyone posting on their story. It was kind of sad, but also kind of heartwarming to see how many people acknowledged his work. And um, yeah, just kind of honored him and the musical legacy that he has left with him. So with that said, the lightest song on our playlist today is going to be Hey Julie. It's just kind of fun, airy song and features those distinctive, funny, witty Fountains of Wayne lyrics. Here's Hey Julie by Fountains of Wayne.
1: on tight and a rub on tan He's got me running around the office like a dog around a track But when I get back home you're always there to rub my back Hey Julie, look what they're doing to me Trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down Julie, I swear it's so hard to bear it And I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around I got a desk full of paper that means nothing at all. Sometimes I catch myself staring into space, counting down the hours till I get to see your face. Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me, trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down. Julie, I swear it's so hard to bear it, and I'd never make it through without you around. No, I'd never make it through. you and i must be far away from each other every day why must i spend my time filling up my mind with facts and figures that never happened? Got me running around the office like a turtle on a wheel He can tell me what to do, but he can't tell me what to feel Hey Julie, look what they're doing to me Trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down Julie, I swear it's so hard to bear it And I'd I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around
0: Once again, that was Hey Julie by Fountains of Wayne. And it's just a light, airy song, you know. I think I haven't looked up the lyrics, but from what I get from the song, he's complaining about his boring accounting job somewhere in Midtown Manhattan. Um, but he has this woman in his life, Julie, that he can always fall back on. So, again, kind of light, airy. Somewhat reminds me of this track off of Green Day's first album, Kerplunk. Um, I can't remember the name of that song, but there is an acoustic track on that project that sounds fairly similar. Um, And before we move on, I did want to mention that while this song was off of Welcome Interstate Managers, my favorite Fountains of Wayne project is actually Utopia Parkway, um, which is named after the street in Queens. And that one features a ton of New York City references and stuff that I think people from the area can really appreciate. So again, same sort of lighthearted tone but maybe a little more topical if you're uh, from the area. Next, uh, in fact, a really exciting song I get to play is Space Girl by Francis Forever. So Clark students know all about this song by now, but if you don't, Francis Forever is a Clark senior And they released this single, Space Girl, that currently has 22 million streams on Spotify. Let me say that again. 22 million streams. I believe they now have over 3 million monthly listeners. And it's just kind of mind-blowing the kind of traction that Francis has gotten over the months following that release. I believe the song might have taken off on TikTok. Um, and that's how it got so popular. But whatever it is, it's actually a really great song and also features um, fellow Clark student, Cash O'Brien. So shout out to Cash on guitar. So yeah, let's just jump into this again. Not a ton of Clark musicians, definitely none that are this prominent. Um, So yeah, it's quite a treat. So this is Space Girl by Francis Forever. Once again, that was Space Girl by Francis Forever. And man, I'm telling you, every time I listen to that song, I have that line like, Space girl, I saw a lunar eclipse. Like that's stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Um, so fantastic songwriting on Francis's part. And also, I don't know who the bass player is, but the bass line on that song is actually really excellent. And the whole song is just mixed really well in general. I don't know who did that. Um, But regardless, it just sounds really clean. And I think is one of the main reasons why that song took off as much as it did. And as much as it it currently is, is that it sounds like a professional song. And in other news, Francis recently signed to a record label, um, Mom and Pop Records which I hadn't heard of by name, but when you Google them, Tom Morello is also signed to Mom and Pop Records. So now Francis is on a label with Tom Morello um, of Rage Against the Machine, if you didn't know. But yeah, I'm not sure what the connection with him and that label is, but regardless, it's just a cool, it's kind of a flex to say that (laughs) you're on the same label as uh, Tom Morello. So anyway, awesome job. I think it's a great song and really excited to see what Francis does from here. All right, next up we have Skin and Bones by the Foo Fighters. Um, so, in constructing this list, I just kind of based it off of the songs themselves and their intensity, not necessarily the group, because I think Foo Fighters, the reason they are my favorite band is because they land somewhere directly in the middle. Um, of that sort of soft, melodic side, but also can get quite loud. Um, this song, though, is acoustic, so it finds its way towards the front of the playlist. Um, Skin and Bones was originally from their live album of the same name, which was recorded in 2006, but this version that I'm going to be playing was a version that they played at the Troubadour, which is a venue in L.A., in October of 2020, obviously there was no audience, but it was basically a COVID relief fundraiser called Save Our Stages. And the idea was that they would do the show and get people to donate to keep these small venues open because they have been hit maybe the hardest out of any industry in the country. Um, you know, they really necessitate people being there. Um, so Foo Fighters stepped in and contributed to this fundraiser and I'm looking at the fundraiser right now. It raised 1.3 million dollars so I'm not sure if that is Foo Fighters alone or if that's the uh, fundraiser in total but regardless that's a lot of money and hopefully that can be put to good use. So once again the song is Skin and Bones and this is probably my favorite version of the song they've ever done. So enjoy.
2: Lately I've been measuring Seems my time is growing thin Wind me up and watch me spin. Watch me spin. Watch me spin. Skin and bones. Skin and bones. Skin and bones, don't you know? Skin and bones. Skin and bones. Skin and bones, bones, don't you know? I'm just skin and bone I'm just in a 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 bone I'm just so Valentine, time till my mom I'm doing fine doing fine doing fine just in a bone I'm just
0: And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why they are my favorite band of all time. Do you hear that? I mean, they are just so freaking tight. Like, honestly, I mean, I'd hope so after performing and being a band for 26 years now. Um, but still, I mean, I really, really love that. I mean, I always liked that song um, on the live album. That was from 2006, Skin and Bones, but that version I think is by far the best version of that song I've ever heard. And I've heard a lot of live Foo Fighters material. You know, if you Google like Foo Fighters concert or Foo Fighters blank, like pretty much every link you see is purple, like as in I've clicked it. Um, So I've done pretty exhaustive amounts of like deep dives into their catalog and this stands to be one of my favorite just live performances that they've done period. So And also shout out to Rami Jaffe, who's the keyboard and accordion player who I'm actually very happy to say has kind of become the official sixth member of the Foo Fighters. I mean, they've been, they've always had him um, or they have for at least the last decade. But he was really just used kind of in live shows, and the mix is so hard that you can't really hear piano anyway when there's so many guitars crashing in. Um, But this performance was mixed perfectly, and he was really given this platform to shine in ways that he hasn't on other Foo Fighters projects. So, shout out to him, and I'm hoping that the upcoming Foo Fighters album that's set to drop in a couple weeks features. More of him because I think he really adds an interesting element to the band's dynamic. Okay, next up we have Dear Old Dad by Blind Melon. So, Blind Melon, if you don't know, is one of my favorite bands of all time. You know, Foo Fighters number one. Blind Melon has to be somewhere in the top five. Um, But they are such an interesting fusion of so many different genres. You know, they're alternative, they're grunge, they're country, they're folk. Um, And they're really just a jam band. Like, honestly, they just got together and jammed. Unfortunately, their frontman, Shannon Hoon, tragically overdosed when they were kind of at the peak of their power and really about to break into uh, into the mainstream, but... Their first self-titled album, Blind Melon, is one of my favorite projects ever. And Dear Old Dad is one of my favorite songs off this project, so it seemed like a natural progression. We're getting a little harder, um, but still fairly soft and melodic for what other rock can be. So let's just jump into it. This is Dear Old Dad by Blind Melon.
3: Come now, listen, babe. Sing you stream.
0: again that was Dear Old Dad by Blind Melon and I really wish that Shannon was still alive because he was such a visionary of this really sort of interesting kind of unexplored fusion um, in the 90s of all these interesting genres that hadn't really been put together in such a way before Um, and yeah that's just a great song again I think it's about a tenuous relationship that maybe Shannon or one of the band members had with their father, but um, yeah, great song, great instrumentation too. Um, I don't know the names of every member of the band, but the guitarist is excellent and the drummer's really good too. And just as a total package, they were fantastic. So apparently the surviving members of Blind Melon are supposedly working on a new project, one that will release, we don't know but in due time we should have more Blind Metal material, which is really exciting for me because I didn't know there was going to be a future of this band at all. So that's really exciting for me to look forward to. Next up we have Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely by Husker Du. Now Husker Du are basically punk rock forefathers. Um, They're from either Minneapolis, Minnesota, or St. Paul, I'm not, I think it's Minneapolis, uh, but they're from Minnesota, which is not exactly where you'd think hard rock music- musicians come from, but Bob Mould does, and he was a total visionary. He's definitely an influence on pretty much everyone featured on this playlist, uh, whether they know it or not. I mean, I know Bob Mould was featured on a Foo Fighters song directly influenced a bunch of these other rock bands that we've talked about and will get into. But yeah, they kind of... Husker Du kind of laid the framework for a lot of the sounds that we kind of associate with punk rock, grunge rock, and that sort of thing. Um, And yeah, this song is off of their album Candy Apple Grey, which is one of my favorite Husker Du records. I mean, a lot of their early stuff, I believe they were founded in 1979 or 1980 um, a lot of the earlier stuff is just really really noisy and as you'll see when we get into the harder section of this playlist towards the end um, even though it's harder I don't just love noise rock like that's not really my thing you'll notice that the vocals still have to be within reason and I don't just love all this chaos going on um so with that said i was not a big fan of some of the earlier stuff but their last two projects candy apple gray and warehouse are both fantastic so this is a fairly big song for husker Du. they never got as big as their influence and legacy has lived on to be but um it's definitely a great one and has a really cool riff too so once again this is don't want to know if you're lonely by husker do Again, that was "Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely" by Husker Du, and what a great groove they have going there. I mean, that is actually Grant Hart who's the drummer on vocals, not Bob Mold, and they did switch off a fair amount. Um, But I actually think maybe Grant Hart's a better vocalist. I don't know; it's tough. They're very distinct and very different, Um, and I still love Bob's voice too. But Grant kind of fits that punk vibe, maybe more cleanly than Bob does um so yeah that's a great project um and great song specifically and if you don't know after Husker Du disbanded Bob Mould then went on to found Sugar which is another great punk grunge a little harder um and definitely more alternative I feel like than Husker Du was but still equally great Their are two albums that I really like are Copper Blue and my favorite, which is File Under Easy Listening. Um, and both of those are really great projects. So if you don't know the world of Husker du, I highly encourage you to get involved. Um, again, like I said, very influential on a lot of artists that I know my listeners like, so. All right, moving on. I just gotta flip my notes here, you know. I do my research. Next up, we have New Fang by Them Crooked Vultures. So Them Crooked Vultures is a group you may have never heard of. Um, And it's a little surprising how little they're talked about. But they only existed for one album. But they are a super group comprised of Josh Homme, who's the vocalist for Queens of the Stone Age, my man, Dave Grohl, drummer for Nirvana, singer for Foo Fighters, you know the deal. And lastly, but definitely not least, John Paul Jones, the bassist for Led Zeppelin. So the three of them came together in 2009 to make this album, and it's actually really good. I've never featured them on the channel before, um, but it's just a really interesting mix of, you know, John Paul Jones's sort of classic 70s style bass worked in with Dave's really aggressive drumming and Josh Homme's more uh I don't know alternative singing um but this song in particular won the Grammy for Best Rock Song or Best Rock Performance in 2011 and yeah it's just a really fun time so let's get into it this is New Fang by Them Crooked Vultures again that was New Fang by Them Crooked Vultures and oh my god that rhythm section I mean you'd hope right John Paul Jones on bass and Dave Grohl on drums it better be good Um, but it's just a really great groove and I don't know that I mentioned at the beginning but Josh Homme is also on lead guitar so it is just the three of them I believe the one tour they did did have a fourth guitarist um, or a fourth member a second guitarist but just really tight. I feel like everything Dave Grohl's a part of is just really tight. I mean, there's no real room for error. And from what I can understand, he was kind of the one that facilitated this collaboration. Like this is something he really wanted to do. Um, so yeah, great song, great album. I assume most of you guys haven't heard them, Crooked Vultures. It's a self-titled album, so easy enough to remember. Um, But yeah, really, really fun project, and a super group that I think more people should definitely be aware of. All right, next, oh, it's just a Dave Grohl marathon today. I didn't realize this when I put the playlist together. But next up, we have On a Plane by Nirvana. Um, Haven't featured Nirvana on the channel in a while, actually, so this is more than overdue. But On a Plane is off of Nevermind, which is one of the best albums of all time and that's not just me saying that that's a pretty widely accepted stance that whatever your list of top 10 top 20 albums all time this is going to land somewhere in that range um if not for its sound for its influence i mean this kind of killed like hair bands right and kind of ushered in an entire new wave of grunge and alternative music that Kind of took the world by storm. Um, but the more and more I listen to them, the more and more I appreciate how brilliant Kurt Cobain was. I mean, I got into Nirvana when I was 11, 12, something, somewhere around there. Um, but I don't think I really appreciated the musicianship and the thought behind his songwriting at the time. And the more I listened to it, the more kind of floored I am. By his songwriting and just entire construction of the band as a whole so on a plane there's no really unknown uh, Nirvana song I mean they are one of the biggest bands ever and they only had three albums so there's only so much material but I don't think on a plane is one of their most popular songs so really excited to get to play this one today and let's just jump into it on a plane by Nirvana
3: Don't any words. I got so high, scratched till I bled.
0: again that was On a Plane by Nirvana what a catchy song I mean that riff is great and the chorus section in particular is really good I feel like it's either Kurt's voice doubled or it's Dave and Chris Novoselic adding on in the chorus section but whatever it is I can totally envision a concert being played and the audience just singing along to the chorus section Um, and before we move on Um, I found this interesting sort of tidbit about the Nevermind album cover, um, which I feel like everyone can picture it in their head, but if you don't, it's of a naked baby in water chasing a dollar bill on a hook. Um, It's one of the most iconic album covers ever. But apparently the label was really hesitant about putting this naked baby, because his his dick is, is out and exposed on the album cover. So Kurt was really insistent that they did and they kept on fighting back and forth. And eventually, um, Kurt said, fine, if you don't, if we can't show it, I'm going to cover it with a sticker that reads quote, if you're offended by this, you must be a closet pedophile. And once he said that the record label agreed, um, that it didn't have to be censored. So funny, very Kurt Cobain-esque moment Um, and kind of emblematic of the no fucks given attitude that uh, he kind of lived his life through. So I thought that was a funny piece of trivia that most people probably don't know about what, like I said, this very iconic album cover. All right, so I just texted Ben, and he said he's not doing a show tonight, so I think I'm going to run a little over, because I have three songs left in only 10 minutes, so I don't know that it's actually possible, so maybe I'll do a 70-minute spot tonight. Lucky you guys. (laughs) Next up, we have Little Monster by Royal Blood. So Royal Blood is a British duo. I believe they're from Brighton. Um and it's just a bassist and a drummer. So, I will reiterate that there is no guitar in what you are about to hear. And the way I was put onto them, again, everything <laughs> I got to think about this more when I put together the playlist. Everything relates back to Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters in some way or another because when I saw the Foo Fighters live at City Field, I believe in 2014 or 15, 2015, um royal blood was the opener they were the warm-up and they were great i mean i didn't know anything about them but they were like totally captivating you know sometimes at concerts you don't really pay attention to what like the warm-up act is doing at all like this one they, they were engaging so i went back and listened and it's a pretty good album i mean i'm not going to tell you that this is a fantastic project um but when thinking of artists that i haven't shown on the show yet they came to mind and definitely now that we're in the back half of the playlist we're in um, the harder section so what you're about to hear is just bass and guitar or, or just bass and drums rather no guitar and um, yeah they have a pretty massive sound for just two people so once again this is Lil Monster by Royal Blood. <laughs> Again, that was Little Monster by Royal Blood. And I reiterate to you again that is two people and no guitar. It was bass and drums only. I mean, obviously, a ton of pedals and effects being used on the bass, but it just has such a full and interesting sound for being such a sparse arrangement. So I think it's a really interesting thing. I read a couple reviews of the project. Um, in preparation for this episode, I know Pitchfork wasn't as fond of it. Um, I believe they had a quote that (laughs) Royal Blood built a castle and furnished it with Ikea, (laughs) which I think is pretty funny. And again, I'm not going to say that Royal Blood is earth shattering or life changing, but for the purpose of this episode, um, kind of just working into harder, um, more aggressive sounds and rock. I think they fit the bill. And before I move on, there's actually a funny personal connection I have to this song um, that could have gone a lot worse than it did. But basically, every February break when I was a kid, um, through high school even, I went on the ski trip. And during the ski trip, I'd take ski lessons. And I was struggling. When you go down a ski slope... You don't want to go straight, obviously, right? You're gonna build up too much speed and kill yourself. So you can't do that. So instead you have to go in these kind of s-shaped uh, turns to slow down your speed. Um, but I was struggling with making them symmetrical. So I would I feel like I can't remember which side of the course I was leaning towards more heavily, but I probably the right side because I'm righty. but anyway, it wasn't even and it was kind of messing up my timing. So, what the ski instructor suggested is that you can put in headphones while you ski and listen to music that has like a normal time signature. I don't know music theory, but I assume this is 4 4 time. Um, and basically just count out one, two, three, four. And then on the fourth beat, you make your turn. So, it actually worked and it was a way for me. So, I'd start skiing with headphones in. Um, and I'd make my turns and sure enough, they were on beat and it was actually a really helpful tip that I was given. But given that I was this cocky, I don't know what it was, ninth grader, 8th grader, um, I got overconfident and I decided, oh, let me try skiing backwards. <laughs> um, and I remember their ski lift poles and all i remember is i was listening to this song right here little monster and right where that drum break is the fill that i really like towards the very end of the song i smack against it backwards this big ski pole holding up the ski lift and i eat shit um and i was fine mind you like i was very lucky that nothing happened but i will forever remember this as like i hit the ski pole on beat Um, So anytime I hear this song, that's definitely what comes to mind. So a little tangent, but personal anecdote about my relationship to the song. All right, next up, we got two songs left. So now we're into the heaviest of the playlist. Um, And this song is 4th of July by Soundgarden. Um, Soundgarden, another Seattle grunge band. Um, probably the second best grunge band, I would argue. I think there's a lot of Pearl Jam fans out there that would disagree, but I'm going to give it to Soundgarden. Um, but they were great. I mean, they were never, I don't think anyone's going to say that they were on Nirvana's level, but to me, they were a very close second. And Chris Cornell, the singer, I think had an even better voice than Kurt. Um, now that's debatable too. Very different style, obviously. But Chris's songwriting is very dark. If you don't know, Chris also took his life to suicide more recently, within the last five or so years. Um, So there's definitely something with that grunge scene and mental illness, which is something we can discuss a little more after the song. But um, yeah, this is a really sort of dark track. I believe it's about Chris being pulled over while he was having a bad trip on god knows what so fourth of july was like the flashing lights of the police car but i don't know i think it's a really interesting song and though it's dark and maybe darker than what i usually listen to it still has really great songwriting and a great chorus as well so let's get into it fourth of july by soundgarden
3: Diving down, cooling the waterway, we're the baptized.
0: That was 4th of July by Soundgarden. And I hope you guys see what I mean by that being probably the most intense track um, on this entire playlist. Um, it's just really dark. I think that's the best way I can describe the tone of that. But at the same time, I love the guitar tone that is used to convey that mood. Um, I also think it's interesting that it's such a dark song, but it's also so subdued, um, which I think is kind of indicative of Chris Cornell's mind state at the time, potentially. Um, And it's just kind of emblematic of grunge music as a whole, really. Um, But I really enjoy Chris's doubled vocals that come in around the 130 mark. Um, I think it really adds to it with having one kind of monotone vocal layer and then a second one that's him really singing his ass off um, in the background so I think it's really cool and um, I know a lot of people say that Bad Motorfinger is the best sound we are in the album but I have to say that this project Super Unknown is my favorite um, it's got classics on it like Black Hole Sun and Spoon Man and just throughout it's a total experience kind of different than uh, you get out of Nevermind even though they came out around the same time, but it's definitely like an interesting perspective into that Seattle grunge scene. All right, last up, I said it at the beginning of the episode, and now we're here. We went all the way from Fountains of Wayne to now we approached Dinosaur Jr. They are probably the hardest rock band I listen to, um, and I'd be lying if I told you that they were in my heavy rotation, but we're kind of testing like the upper and lower bounds with this episode of what my uh, music wheelhouse is, if you will. Um, so if you don't know, Ginosaur Jr. is, front, is headed by frontman Jay Mascus, Jay Masis, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, who is an incredible guitar player, incredible. If you look at any top guitarist of all time list, he's in the top 100, if not top 50 consistently. Um, He just has an amazing sound and knack for crazy solos and guitar tones throughout all of his projects. Um, With that said, he's a really bad singer. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. like He's not a good singer. I think he's even publicly said that he doesn't like his voice. But um, more power to him. I mean, he still puts out music and has for the last 30 years. So Dinosaur Jr., you might know their song Feel the Pain. That was probably their biggest track. But this song um, out there is the first track off of my favorite album of theirs called Where You Been. Um, And this was really my introduction to this sort of hard rock. So I think it's a fitting end to today's episode to end on Dinosaur Jr. So without further ado, let's jump in. Here is Out There by Dinosaur Jr. Once again, that was Out There by Dinosaur Jr. And man, Jay Maskus is such a good guitar player. Again, I don't really care for his vocals that much. Um, In fact, there's a lot of Dinosaur Jr. That same reason why um, I believe I said for Husker Du, it's just too loud, too screechy, too too much noise. Um, But this album really hit a sweet spot for me as kind of the upper limit of my music palette. So um, yeah, and I think uh, before I sign off, I believe that uh, Max actually saw Jay Mascus in a restaurant and was too afraid to say hi. So <laughs> that was a missed opportunity, bro. But either way, he's uh, definitely a guitar legend and um, really excited I got to feature Dinosaur Jr. for somehow the first time on this show. All right, that brings us to the end. Um, this is definitely the longest episode of Subject to Change I've ever done, but I'm really glad I got to fit all ten of these songs in. Um, like I said, this is I kind of think of music, and rock music in particular, on a spectrum of sorts. Um, and this is kind of like my segment of that spectrum that I uh, personally resonate with and find myself relating to the most. Um, If I were to pick a sweet spot within my spectrum, it would probably be somewhere in the middle around where I put the Foo Fighters and Blind Melon and Nirvana and Husker Du and all those types of bands. Um, But again, I can dabble in harder stuff like Dinosaur Jr. and softer stuff like uh, Fountains of Wayne and Clark's own Francis Forever. So um, yeah, that does it for us. Um, I will be back either next week or the week after. I kind of like the every other week schedule for intercession. um, gives me time to focus on my class while still being able to put effort into quality playlists for you guys. Um, so most likely we'll be back in two weeks, but, uh, thank you all for listening. This was a really fun episode for me to put together to try to think about my music appreciation conceptually from sort of a high level. Um, and organize it in a way that made sense for a playlist. So thank you all for listening. I will see you in two weeks, and good night.